Welcome to Ag Vic Talk, keeping you up to date with information from Agriculture Victoria. Not so long ago, when a farmer talked about harvesting, it had nothing to do with data. That, though, has changed dramatically in recent years. G'day, I'm Drew Radford, and farming operations these days produce copious amounts of data, ranging from yield and moisture information right through to how a gearbox on a tractor is performing. AgTech and the amount of data it produces can be daunting. However, a person who decided to tackle it head-on and learn to utilise it better is Jonathan Dyer. When he finished school, he left the family farm to do an information technology degree. But, to his surprise, years later, he ended up back on the farm applying those skills. To find out more, he joins us for this AgVic Talk podcast. Jonathan, thanks for your time. Thanks, Drew, for having me. Jonathan, you're a past Nuffield scholar and you currently farm in the northwest of Victoria. Where did your interest in ag tech begin? Well, I've always, since a kid, I've had interest in computers and the internet. I always had that interest and I guess followed that when I left school instead of doing anything farming related. But then, yeah, it's funny how your interests and stuff change over time, isn't it? And after working as a web developer for a couple of years, decided to give farming a go, but I guess obviously retained my interest in technology and, and sort of was when I came back to the farm, was going to try and work out what was useful to us as farmers. I reckon that's a really interesting and powerful skill mix. I've heard somebody else describe it as the Xbox generation coming back on the farm. It's really bizarre. I have that same thought to myself every now and then when I'm on the tractor or the sprayer, and then I look down at the joystick, which is full of buttons, and then I think back to my childhood playing Xbox and computer games and my parents saying, where's that ever going to get you in life? And then it's just, it's 3D, it's in real life, and I've got a joystick just like I had as a kid, and it's just the graphics are better now, right? You're spot on. (laughs) I like the graphics are better part. That's fantastic. What's ag tech mean to you? What distinguishes ag tech from other categories of technology? Well, I guess it's technology, hopefully, to help us grow food and or fibre in a better way. And by better, I either mean more sustainably as in better for the planet or more profitably which is better for the farm and my family it's almost arguable you've come back to the farm in a good time with that sort of experience why do you think there's such a focus on ag tech in australia at the moment I'll tell you why i'm interested in it and it's probably a bit different to what you hear in other places everyone comes back to this you know going to feed the planet 10 billion by 2050 you know how are we going to do that kind of deal but um for me i'm interested in ag tech because I want to still be farming in 2050 and like Australia is a pretty hard place to farm in some ways. While I'm probably in one of the more, I guess, favoured parts of Australia where we farm, but it's it's still a land of extremes with climate. Any tool we can have to do what we do better and um, keep ourselves in the game, I guess, is, is a good thing. Jonathan, your Nuffield Scholarship, you looked at the use of ag tech data how do you think that's going to be able to change agriculture in Australia? Yeah, well, that's what I looked at back in 2015 because prior to coming back on the farm, big data was kind of the corporate buzzword back then and I was interested to find out if anything, if it meant anything to agriculture and to us farmers and, and is this concept that I've been introduced to in the, in the technology corporate world, is, is that offered anything to us farmers? And I guess what I worked out over time is that, yes, data collection technologies 
in Broadacre Ag were already there in 2015, but coming even more so. And probably for pretty well everyone in the agriculture industry, you know, the ability to collect data is coming if it's not here already. And, you know, it's a bit like the invention of the tractor or the uh, GPS or any of these other kind of major innovations that have happened. You can kind of learn about it and get on board and and figure out how to use it. Because if you don't, sooner or later, someone else will figure out how to do that for you and then charge you for their service. It's an interesting comparison, though, Jonathan, because a new innovation like a tractor, I can see it physically, tangibly, I know where it's going. But data that's disappearing through that device over the net to possibly on the other side of the planet. Most farmers can't really get their head around actually what's being sucked out of the tractor. And I don't mean that in a derogatory way. You've got to have an IT background to understand this well. So how do you demystify that and the concerns that come with big data for primary producers? Yeah, it's it's a funny one. I'm not as worried about it as some people are, I guess, and maybe that's, you know, millennial or whatever. Tell my life story on Facebook, don't care, that sort of thing. But... um. Like, what do we do, Drew? We we grow food. Well, in my circumstance, I grow crops. You know, my neighbours raise sheep as well as growing crops. It's not personal medical details and it's not um, banking information. Agriculture is very context-specific. Yes, there are some engineers in a back room somewhere in America that have access to an awful lot of information about my farm's data, about what I do and, and how I do it. But he doesn't understand the context of our growing environment. He doesn't know what the soil type is and he doesn't know why I'm doing what I'm doing here and he kind of sees the the numbers on the screen so you know you need a lot of pieces to make a successful farm and I think data in isolation on its own isn't that useful it's hopefully it's the context and a better understanding that it gives you about what's happening on your own farm that makes it useful for you. How then do you see data being utilised to make sure that you are in the box seat to still be farming in 2050? So what I'm using it for is to try and understand what goes on on our farm better so understand i guess the natural cycles that we kind of live in and and deal with the most common example i guess in broad acre grains is collecting the yield information off your harvester at harvest time to see where a crop performed well and where it performed poorly alongside that we're now capturing protein and moisture you know grain quality information as well so you can see not only which paddocks yielded well you can see protein which is for wheat you know the more protein the better right? the higher quality it is so you can see where all your, your quality grains coming from then you can put those two things together and you know how much nutrition you're taking out of your paddock and may need to replace for next year's crops so for me it's all about not ignoring that big picture stuff because it could still be there and it can still be useful but it's understanding what's happening on your own farm for a start anyway And for you, and I'd argue the next generation, merging a lot of that sort of data and seeing the the power of it is a powerful thing. But for a lot of people, they'd need almost a third party to come in and try and pull all that together, wouldn't they? Yeah, I'm not normal, Drew. You won't believe this. Not everyone becomes a farmer so they can sit in an office and look at a screen. And, you know, and work some of this stuff out. You know, some people become farmers because they want to work outdoors or work with animals or, you know, or drive tractors or a lot of different motivations. But sitting in an office often doesn't rank highly among farmers. So um, it is certainly a new way of looking at things. And um, there are providers that are springing up to provide these exact services for that exact reason, because um, not everyone's like me. What piece of ag tech do you wish had been invented but hasn't turned up yet?
what advice would you give to farmers getting involved in this space? So what you're basically saying, if you can't measure it, you can't improve it. That's right. Everyone has that bugbear of a problem somewhere on the farm, but if you don't have collect numbers around it, you can't make an economic, rational kind of decision about, well, is this a big enough problem for me to fix? So, you know, if you want to collect information on your spray coverage with your spray, there's an app, you know, you can get water-sensitive paper and then you take a photo of the paper and then you get data on what percentage of the ground you're covering with your sprayer. You know, like thinking about grain storage, you know, it's now possible to get moisture sensors that go in your grain bins to tell you how how your grain storage is looking so it's just the sky's the limit in terms of options it's just picking the thing that that's a problem that you want to solve or something that you've always wanted to understand more about you're a bloke who's spent plenty of time looking at screens is there any traps to avoid yeah well the only thing that really comes to mind is just um if you are using a new piece of technology and it doesn't matter whether it's software or something the tractor or whatever is you buy and sell these things on the support you get as much as the product itself is finding good help if you need it that's the thing and don't be afraid to ask because we're all learning while jonathan dyer's a digital native not all primary producers are as comfortable with ag tech the nation's ag tech sector became aware of this so they formed the Australian Agritech Association, which in part helps demystify the sector whilst also advocating for it. Tracy Martin is their CEO. She now lives on a cattle property in northern Queensland, which has required quite a different tack from her former career. Absolutely. Um, I've had a career in law and um, also worked in international financial regulation during the financial crisis and the years that followed that. So definitely a big change, but certainly loving the excitement and I guess the incredible change and progression that we're seeing in agriculture. How did you make that shift across to agriculture, Tracy? Well, one of the the challenges of living in rural and regional Australia is access to to work and um, having opportunities where you can use your skills, particularly when you're on a remote cattle station. And the opportunity with Oz Agritech popped up and it included policy and negotiation and um, also leading an association, which I'd had a bit of experience in since um, moving to the station. And it's one of those things, not scared to pivot and um, try new things. To you then, Tracy, what is ag tech? For me, it's the application of technology to agriculture. The ideas and solutions um, can come from farmers or from people in the tech sector or people in the business sector. Certainly from an Oz Agritech point of view, we look at it through the lens of applying technology to agriculture and that we make sure that we look at it like that just so that we make sure that we build out the really important elements that you must have to have a strong tech sector. We think that's important because unless you've got a strong tech sector, which underpins the application of technology to agriculture, we really can't have sustainable and um, cost-effective solutions for farmers. Well, Tracy, you said there it's really important to have a strong tech sector. So is that kind of then what the role of the Australian Agri-Tech Association is or is it broader than that? It's probably broader than that, but I think at the moment the really pressing issue in Australia, and it's right across a range of different tech sectors, is Australia getting focused on making itself 
strong in all areas of tech in making those investments, both in research and in the commercial sector, and drawing in the investment into the fantastic ideas that uh, business people are developing in that sector and making sure they stay onshore here in Australia. That's a really big issue at the, the federal level at the moment, so it's something that we're focusing on, but certainly all the, the other, other grassroots issues that impact agri-tech are really important to us too. Tracy, we hear the term digital agriculture bandied around. How does this differ from ag tech? So digital agriculture is used to encompass try to encompass the application of all different sorts of technology to agriculture. But there's other technology that is applied to agriculture that goes way beyond digital. So digital can be a little bit of a a narrow term. If you just refer to digital agriculture, you're actually leaving out a number of different technologies. So you can talk about digital agriculture, but you need to talk about agri-tech in its entirety as well. Tracy, let's delve down a little deeper then into ag tech. For you, what what are the elements of a good ag tech product? Being an agriculture producer myself and um, talking with lots of producers about technology that they are interested in, in looking at or maybe applying to their business, it needs to have a a benefit for them and, and a bottom line benefit, improve productivity or um, have cost savings. It also needs to be at a, at a reasonable price level. The other things that producers really look for is service. So making sure that there's follow-up service and there's also the implementation support with a piece of technology. And as you can imagine, if you're a tech provider, service right across this very large country and um, tech support can be quite an expensive exercise. Um, So they've come up with many innovative ways to do that. And I think certainly with online support, it's quite easy for agricultural producers to access that sort of support with implementation of technology on their properties. Is transparency and demystifying what's actually going on an important part of that process, i.e. data being collected and where it's going and how they're applying that? Absolutely. Um, We're big supporters of the NFF Farm Data Code and we're working with them at the moment in their next stage in terms of implementing that um, within Australia. Look, I think there's nothing wrong with transparency and I think it really helps um, the consumer and and certainly helps the ag tech provider in communicating to the purchaser of the product about what the product does, but also what happens with their data. It might be the case that someone can't completely comply with the NFF Farm Data Code and that might be a range of different reasons for that but certainly if they're transparent about what they're doing with that data and that's all written in plain English we think that really does help the relationship between the customer and the ag tech provider. Tracy, you've taken quite a pivot in your career. What excites you most about ag tech? There's some really interesting challenges in the world today, certainly sustainability and um, the carbon transition and making sure that, you know, as the global population grows, that we can feed people. I think that's incredibly important. I'm also um, a huge fan of agricultural producers. I think um, we sit down and we eat a meal three times a day and... I think having respect and and demystifying where that food comes from is is really important for people sitting in metro areas. And I've spent most of my life living in metropolitan areas. I think it's really important to support 
agriculture as much as we can. And I think um, as we move through these challenges, whether environmental or um, social challenges, just around sustainability in the environment. And I think agri-tech can go a long way to achieving that. And I mean, even just living on a cattle station myself, I can see the way that technology can certainly improve the quality of life in rural and regional areas, um, improve financial sustainability and help grow our regions and um, help grow the prosperity of Australia as well. Tracy, you bring a really broad background to such an important area of agriculture. Tracy Martin, CEO of the Australian Agritech Association, thank you for taking the time and sharing your insights with us on this AgVic Talk podcast. Thanks so much, Drew. Great to talk to you today. Thank you for listening to AgVic Talk. For more episodes in this series, find us and follow us wherever you get your podcasts. We would love to hear your feedback. So please leave a comment or rating and share this series with your friends and family. All information is accurate at the time of release. Contact Agriculture Victoria or your consultant before making any changes on farm. This podcast was developed by Agriculture Victoria, authorised by the Victorian Government, Melbourne.